Welcome to Just a Phase, a podcast about modern parenting. Episode 10, you wrote a parenting book. Today we are talking about kids and hugging, hipster business names, and we chat with a father who decided to write a parenting book. And we're going to talk about Barbies. Don't forget the Barbies. How could I ever? Hello, I am Whitney Crispell, and mom to Vivian, who's almost two, and Cecilia, who will be eight weeks old when this is released. And I'm Drew Ludwig. I'm the father to three daughters. And I think I've been saying the wrong age in earlier podcasts. <laughs> it's all the birthdays happen like at once. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think about my kids as a number. Three right? is a lot to, to keep track of too, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> so my youngest kid just turned five. I, I think I've been saying six sometimes. <laughs> so I think my middle kid is about to turn Seven. <laughs> you don't even know now. I, I know all the numbers blend together. That's so funny. <laughs> the oldest just turned ten. I forget how old I am sometimes. Like I have to really think I about feel that. Like that's but I don't better. know if I've forgotten how old my kids are. But I'm I, that was way judgier sounding than I meant to. Oh, Drew, I don't know. If I've, I've got wonderful girls. Yes. And like I could tell you all about their personalities <laughs> and their passions and everything like that. But they numbers Ages? attached what to them. Ups. Whatever. <laughs> I can tell you what grade they're in. Okay, love it. Good. Okay, how that's old are you? you how old are you in first grade? Six? Um, yeah, see, you don't know. Either. Six. Of course, you don't have a first grader. No, okay. but I six. I think you are six. Okay, there <laughs> right, you go. Good. So, as always, um, we want to give you a warning. We might swear, say a swear word. Likely, it'll be me over Drew. Um, so, if you're listening with kids around and you care about that sort of thing, just, just be warned. Um, so, yeah. How are you? Life is good. Good. Life is very good. We celebrated the birthday this week. <laughs> The the 10-year-old one. That one no, you're sure of. No, the five-year-old birthday. Oh, oh, that's what made you think. That's what that made you me messed think. Up. I feel like I said six on the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It was um, a stressful night for me last night. Why? Um, I've got adoptive uh, adopted kids, mm-hmm. and twice a year they visit with their birth parents. Oh, okay. So that happened last night. It went well, which is good, but there's just a lot of emotions and anxiety and all that stuff that goes with it. How do you prep them for that ahead of time? We don't. Well, they know that they visit with them twice a year. Okay. But um, it's good to, like, if we let them know that it's coming up, there's just like a million, million questions as it's coming up. Gotcha. And um, if the birth parents don't show up, then there's like huge disappointment. Oh. So like the afternoon of the visit, we say, it's today, and then we go. Okay. Yeah. We prep by not prepping. Right. I, that makes sense questions to me. about it yeah. ahead of time. Just, it's going to happen, but we're not telling you when. That makes sense to me. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad it went well. Oh, yeah. And on top of all that, um, we're recording before you hear this. It's not a live podcast, right? <laughs> right? So last night was Ash Wednesday. So, like, my beloved wife was doing that all by herself while I was oh. putting dirt on people's heads and telling <laughs> them they're going to die. Can I ask you, what is, what, is it dirt? What is well, the it's ash? ash. What do you... I, um, you take palms from mm-hmm. the previous year's Palm Sunday. Okay. You save them, and you dry them out, and then you burn them. You mix it with a little bit of oil. In, like, someone's backyard in a barrel? I did it, like, outside the church in a steel bowl, but that's probably not the safest way to okay. do it. Hmm. Yeah. and Behind the scenes. <laughs> burning palms <laughs> smells a lot like pot. 
Oh, I think you. St- I saw you posted something on Facebook about that. Like, I know what I smell like, but I swear to God, it was just burning palms. It was all palms. palms, yes. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> just palms. So, do you have a family party for your daughter? Or, like, uh, what are you guys? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so we have, like, a friend party. And then with the family, it's the day of the okay. actual birthday. They get to pick out dinner. And then we open family presents. And, like, I wouldn't call it a party party. Yeah. And, and I, well... This time, I bought the cupcake mix, and my wife made the cupcakes. Nice. She takes cupcakes to school. Nice. Yeah. Well, so this kind of brings up a question I wanted to ask you. I saw this article like floating around Facebook. I don't know who, who posted it first, but it was about um, kids and not making them hug people forcefully, like for, not forcing affection. I yeah. I and I was you like, you know, it. I'm going to ask Drew what he do, does about that with kind of with older girls. Like, it. Viv is just starting to get to the point. I mean, she's still like, I love everybody. Yeah. But, you know, she's starting to get some boundaries or not oh, be right. that into it. And I have, yeah, I kind of felt like, hmm, I don't want to force her to hug or kiss people. She doesn't no, want to. I never, I never force, yeah. right? Um, but it's also, like, it's kind of weird. Like, sometimes there's just, it seems like play shyness because that gets more attention. And uh, so... Sometimes I'll make, like, a second invitation. Right. You know? Right. So, oh, Miss Whitney would really like a hug. Do you right. want to give her a hug? No? Okay. You yeah. Know. So. No, I just, it, yeah. yeah it, but if you're so insecure that, like, you get upset when a five-year-old won't hug you, then, like, that's your problem. Right. You've had no, like, negative repercussions on this. You know, family members who have been like, I need my kiss. <laughs> no, my family's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So, Yeah. Yeah. Sean, it's uh, funny. I Your feel like I'm, not I'm, cool. he's gonna no, 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 no. I'm just gonna, he's gonna be like, why did you talk about this on the podcast? But I've already done it. I've already started it. He's like really. Both of our moms sometimes go in for kisses, mm-hmm. like on the lips kisses. Yeah, and he thinks it's like the most disturbing thing ever. He's like, I do not want to kiss my mom, and I do not want to kiss your mom. I only kiss you. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, so, so it made me think made of that, that too. With with. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's established that. <laughs> uh uh-uh. it's, it's just funny, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we are doing well over here. Viv has started uh it, I was laughing about it uh the other night. She has really started in the past week or so to pick up on my coffee habits. Yeah. And the other night I was putting dishes away from the dishwasher and it was like a juice glass and she looked at me and was like, Mama coffee? Like, I know you, lady. I got you bags. And I was like, (laughs) no, not right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I've been obsessed with this um, new local. Just a heads up, like, it's worse when they do it with beer. (laughs) 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 Drinking beer, daddy? (laughs) No. Mommy's juice? (laughs) (laughs) Another juice, mommy? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but so, so yeah, I just thought that was funny. But I, um, I've also been a little bit obsessed with this local, this new local coffee shop. Yes. It's like hipster coffee shop that's oh, just so good. Are it's, we not naming it to be non-commercial no, we can or name because it. we aren't sure how to we pronounce can, it? <laughs> maybe both. I just wasn't in case people aren't from around here, but it's called Typico. Or maybe, Topico. 
Right. Or, we Drew yeah. and I do not know how to pronounce it. I've never even yeah. been there, so this is on you. Yeah, but it's um but I've anyway, I've developed a little bit of a of a habit going there and and um Sean's kind of kind of giving me the side eye cuz it's, you know, it's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we went in there the other day and Viv had it like I just totally down like we walked yeah. in she's like oh coffee coffee you need coffee mama coffee yeah. <laughs> can't go anywhere without coffee Jesus. we should uh, we shouldn't plan our podcast as we record but we should do one where we talk about money okay because like I, I can get the side eye from janelle but like i have my own fund that i can spend on whatever i want love it you like you drew's allowance yeah and mm-hmm. it, i mean that sounds bad but janelle has her allowance too we've, i like we've it got our own envelope with our own <laughs> set amount of cash per month i like it and That's so good. i can buy all the coffee i want until right. it runs out right okay yeah we'll talk about that i okay. like it um but so really quick this is kind of an aside and not related to this but speaking of hipster business stuff my friend was in town this weekend and he told me about this hipster business name generator and i'm obsessed with it and you've got it open right <laughs> i have it open because i wanted to tell you so it's called hipster business dot name uh-huh. and you just click on it and it gives you one so the first one that came up was oatmeal and jar that's great oh it's all something Porter and peach riddle and fog yeah it's like usually some like organic something organic and it makes and something a hipster logo too <laughs> yeah it's like swords crossed or like arrows yeah. board and candle but yeah anyway it made we put candles on reclaimed barn wood yeah i loved it i loved it so so you want to talk about plus size barbie and tall barbie and petite barbie yeah i have mixed feelings about this i so when I first saw them, I was like, this is awesome. I guess my mixed feelings is just like, it's still Barbie. It's still a giant corporation that's trying to make money off of yeah. people's insecure. So that's like kind of my base for most criticism. Okay. But there was a Capitalism. Little, but there was a part of me that like, I mean, I played with Barbies till it was, till I had to be secret about the fact that I played with Barbies. Okay. So like really late. <laughs> okay. And I uh, still play with Barbies. <laughs> you heard it But here. it's not, mostly not my own choice. <laughs> But yeah, so I play with them really late. I think that to some degree it's inevitable that most little girls are going to probably play with Barbies. Right. So in that regard, I think it's kind of cool that there's different body shapes now. Yeah. They're not like the most diverse body shapes. They're still all really pretty and thin. Well, and it's part. like you each Barbie has like one thing. <laughs> I right? have a shaved side head. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, the rest of my body is perfect. Right. <laughs> um, so it'd be nice to like, I don't know. I feel like the age of like you can get custom Chuck Taylors now. Mm-hmm. Why can't you get custom Barbie? Yeah. No, I know. Or maybe they're just like testing it out and then they'll do that. Well, based on the reaction Although of people, people Barbie went freaking nuts so for this. so stinking expensive. It'll be like American Girl. Yeah. Yeah. I, Have you? Nope. Yeah. You're Dude, we we got a couple of the books. Okay. I I don't even know how that happened. I Sean and I went to the American Girl like salon in uh-huh. Kansas that City. That was Sean's when, idea, right? When we were visiting his niece one time. Yeah. And I mean, she loved it, obviously. But uh-huh. it was it was crazy. Like you can get their hair washed and styled. Wow. Your doll. Yeah. Um. I, I and it all costs like eleven million dollars to, <laughs> to comb do the tangles out of a pony, so like, I I they tangle up. You're like a service we is kind of a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need a doll salon. <laughs> what would the hipster name of a doll salon be? <laughs> uh, Straw and I feel like it's got to be like 
straw in something. Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> Email us your ideas. <laughs> and then we'll open up that business. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Should we move on to yes. today's interview? Yes, we should. Uh, Whitney and I had an opportunity to chat with Bruce Ray's Chow, author of a forthcoming parenting guide, and he is the father to three daughters. So without further delay, let's get to it. All right. Psych, this is Whitney, and before we get to Bruce's interview, I just have a little disclaimer. We really felt like our listeners were craving the authenticity and anti-establishment vibes coming out of the presidential election this year, so we didn't want to make the audio quality of this interview too polished. Uh, We decided to add in a screeching baby and some periodic echoing on my and Drew's end just to, you know, bring it that, that authentic vibe. So we hope you enjoy it. And seriously, though, sorry for a couple of subpar moments. It really does get better. And thanks for hanging in there with us as we figure out this whole podcasting thing. Okay, so back in one of our first episodes, Drew joked that if he ever wrote a parenting book, he would call it Nothing Works All the Time. And it would end parenting debates once and for all. Well, as far as I know, he hasn't written this book yet, but let's keep pressuring him to do so. Today, we are talking with someone who did write a parenting book, and it has an equally straightforward title as Drew's. Don't Be an Asshat, an official parenting handbook, is a new guide to parenting by Bruce Reyes Chow. And we thought it would be fun to have Bruce on the show to share more about the book, the process of writing it, and the top recommendations on how not raising an asshat, or not raising children as an asshat. You don't you don't have asshat kids, I'm sure. Um, Bruce is joining us today from Northern California, where he still lives, works, and wears many many hats. Uh, for most of his life, uh, or adult life at least, Bruce was a pastor in the Presbyterian Church. That's how I got to know him, and uh, he has served as moderator, which is like uh, sort of the chief guy in the church, but with a lot less power. Um, it, he was the he was the moderator that of the General Assembly in 2008. Which General Assembly was that for the Presbyterian nerds? The 218th. The 218th General Assembly. Um, these days, Bruce earns his keep as a popular speaker, church consultant, leadership coach, and stay-at-home dad. And now he is also a parenting expert. So, Bruce, welcome to Just a Phase podcast. Great. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Oh, we're so glad to have you. So, let's just get straight uh, straight into it. Why uh, is the title of your book, Don't Be an Asset? Yeah, so I had a, a parishioner from years ago who moved away, and um, she's one of these, you know, you have these folks in the church that um, just say what they say what they believe and think, and some people are, it's a little shocking to them, but many of us, like, just keep talking. She posted something on Facebook that said, um, she, basically, she's not an expert on parenting, but she knows her primary job is to not raise assholes. So I took that and said, well, I'm not sure I can name a book that, um, but um, I really love, I, I use the word assets all the time, which is just such a descriptive place. And so I um, decided uh, along with my wife to say, well, that's actually what we want to try and do. And so I've always wanted to write a parenting book. Um, you know, I think if anybody really wants to do it, you just kind of go for it. And so uh, we came up with this idea of that's like the number two rule in our household. And then we came up with uh, basically a hundred more of them of, of things that we hope to pass on to our kids. And so we decided to go ahead and do it. My wife and I 
um, sat down to write, and uh, it is uh, almost all the way done. It'll be out in about a month. What's the, what's the number one rule then? Number one rule is make good choices. Oh, okay. Uh, it was a, a, okay. advice handed down from uh, my mother, and she still says it to all of her adult children. Apologies in advance, everybody. We're getting real today on the podcast. I think you should just record that as a drop for the rest of the show's existence. Whenever somebody, you just start putting in the baby and like, yes, this it's is, awesome. This, this baby is a month old now? Yeah. Yeah, and this is the first time she's interrupted us. Um, so we are, uh, we host a parenting podcast and we are not parenting experts. I don't think that your training is as a parenting expert, right? Um, no. But you wrote a book anyway, right? I did. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the sheer utter arrogance. So um, one of the, we called it a handbook because we didn't want to actually say that this was the, and like many writers of, I think of my you know, mid forties, uh, it's filled with disclaimers, not to take away from uh, what we believe is is helpful parenting ideas, but to kind of give people permission that um, it's going to look different for everyone, and that's okay. But also the challenge to get away from this idea that there is a one-size-fits-all way of parenting, like you don't do this or you do do this, but rather, let's. what does it mean to welcome the new kid at school? Like, how do you teach your child how that's important? And that's going to look different for every kid, depending on their personality and their and that. And we've also kind of said to parents, uh, you have to kind of understand your own personality in order to parent your children well, because we're all different, uh, you know, like co-sleeping, right? That doesn't work for every parent. It may be a great model for some, but it doesn't work for every parent and child relationship. So that's kind of uh, our, our set of our expert expertise is that we've, We've raised three kids. We have them in this great laboratory age of 12, 14, and 19. Um, we, we think we've done a pretty good job. We also know that we've surrounded ourselves with a lot of people that have helped us raise them, and which is another that's, significant part of the book. That's really bold, writing a parenting handbook while you still have kids in the house and people can point at them, right? Point at them, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. or your kids so can they, comment, like... Who's an asshat now, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, my kids uh, have, ra- have have lived kind of a public life. I mean, at, in in the Presbyterian Church, uh, you know, we're not a huge denomination, but uh, as my kids tell their friends, my dad is important to a very small group of people. I, I explained to so, Whitney that you are Presbyterian famous and otherwise ordinary. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And but so they've kind of had a public world in in some strange ways that they know they've benefited from. So they do get to approve every story. They're reading it. I've read some stuff to them. Uh, they're kind of used to this. I mean, their dad is more socially connected online than they are. So um, this is not. This comes as no surprise to them, um, and they're ready for whatever may may come their way. But I think they actually kind of enjoy it. Yeah. Have they contributed anything to to don't be an asset? So they. <laughs> um, so. Yes and no. So a lot of the stories, they you know, they're kind of helping us remember correctly or to kind of help bring some nuance. We're actually contemplating doing uh, an annotated audio version where we're going to read it and our kids are going to provide commentary, kind of like uh, Mystery Science Theater. Love it. Uh, 
because we were doing that, and you could hear him in the back going, yeah, right. You know, I mean, it was <laughs> hysterical. Now, it may only be funny to us as we're doing it, but that's that's kind of one of the things that we're thinking about is Robin, my wife, and I will read it, and they'll just provide commentary in the back, like this director's cut. Um, so the, in that way, they have. Uh, but other, other than that, we thought about having them write some parts of it, but at, at the end of the day, we just kind of felt like it, this was our, our piece, and we didn't want to add one more thing onto their crazy lives sure so uh who are the who are the voices behind this book uh, who's been influential in helping you uh figure out how to parent oh well i you know it's it's my parents uh so my my mother is a presbyterian pastor as well though she went to seminary after i did so i i joke that i i'm, I'm a pastor's kid with all of the glory and none of the baggage. So um, she, she, you know, she, she's been uh, uh, married three times, and um, so I, I've, I've uh, learned a lot from her as well as the men in my life, both positive and negative. I tell some stories in the book just about how I choose not to parent, um, and some of that is from a relationship with my stepfather, and you know, you know, what does fear look like in parenting? You know, I, I talk a lot about that. I mean, there's. So I think my immediate like mom and stepfather kind of uh, group, but then my my extended family, uh, because my mom was a single parent for so long, I was raised by multiple parts of my family at, at different times in life, and I think that um, has informed me. And there's a lot of community commitment that runs through this book about how how important that is, both for parents to parent other kids as well to as to let other people parent yours. Um, the, the, the importance of our children being part of groups and communities. Um, so uh, really it's my extended family. It's been my uh, community, um, uh, larger uh, family and community. And then there are particular people in my churches that I've, that I pastored who just, you know, helped to remind me what it means to be a parent today. You know, um, Helen Ong, when we bring Evelyn in, our oldest, when our first child and and most people just don't want to give their first child up to people when you walk into a room. And, you know, Helen's the one that kind of says, give me your baby, and takes your baby away. And, you know, you get her back, right? You get her back five years later filled with cookies and red dyed number five punch. Love so it. Love it. those are the kind of people that have inspired me and make me think. And then there's the people who I look and I go like, oh, hell no, am I going to parent my children like that? Right. You see the right. You see the parents. You're like, gosh, I hope that's going to work out okay. But you know, not enough for me to go in and kind of you know, we're not. It's not dangerous, but it's like, wow, you're building a relationship with your child that is based on fear. This isn't respect and this is they're scared of you. So what is that about, right? So, and those people are not named in the book, but you know, I think it's kind of uh, both good and bad and uh, figuring out who I am as a parent and a person and, and all, all of it. Yeah, so one of the things that I'm most excited about for, for your book is this discussion of privilege. I think that it's something that is often left out in parenting guides or, or just not covered at all. So can you talk a little bit more about that, why you decided to include it, why you think it's important? Just the format is a little bit di different, interesting, I don't, I don't know. Um, so we do privilege in two places. We talk about privilege in parenting when parents begin to kind of want to believe that parenting is a hundred percent cause and effect on your children, and and how privilege plays into the 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 space that we say things like, well, if they just had better parents, or 
well, look at their parents. Uh, but we don't say that, uh, well, but, or, or when somebody does really well, it's like, well, it's because they're parenting. But we don't do that to ourselves all the time. Like if our kids mess up, our, our first inclination is like, gosh, what did we, it's not what did we do or anything. It's what other people have done. So I do it in the parenting piece. But then the 101 rules that we have in the book are all, we forced ourselves basically to say, okay, um, metaphorically speaking, every parent wants to go, where's the damn handbook when the baby's born? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to make them accessible. So we challenged ourselves. Each rule is one page kind of written to our kids. Like this is like, here's what we want you to take on. And so um, all of the rules, some are very easy to do. Like watch silly movies was not a hard one to do in one page. Now, <laughs> right now doing one on remember your privilege is significantly harder to do in one page. Wow. Yeah. Um, but we, I think it's important. It's just like Twitter, you know, you, when you're at 140 characters, you really have to craft your words. And you really have to think about that. So, uh, so the privilege one is is really about reminding our children that um, hard work is important, but not everybody uh, is born on the same playing field. We don't live in a vacuum. All of our actions have ramifications on others. Those kind of things. But also, I list them. I'm like, you have the privilege you have that has allowed you to do things that you'd never earned, but you kind of have been born into. Education in our household has always been really important, and we talk about it, and we encourage it, and we do the things that will give them the best chance for success academically and educationally. We talk about the extra things that we were able to afford, that you know they can do extra things. They play soccer. We can do soccer camps. We can do this, this and that that help them to expand and see the world differently. We travel. Um, we're never going to have to worry about being homeless or not having enough food. We have this extended family. We're not wealthy, and we live month to month at times, but if it got really bad, we're never worried about not having a house over a, a, a roof over our head or food to eat. And that those things combined begin to give them um, somewhat of a step up over those who don't have those things. Mm-hmm. And so really try to condense that into one page so that when they're thinking about that or parents are thinking about it, they can kind of go, okay, here's a a concise way to think about privilege. It's not the full picture, obviously, but um, really have tried to put, and they're all going to be one pagers, but 250 words, 101 rules um, so that you can just look at them and read them and, you know, move on to the next one. That's great for their parents. Speaking as a new parent too, with an infant, I mean, that's good. I can't make it through whole chapters sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, and we we try. The, I think one of the things about that I, I love about what we've done in this book that I, I you know, I, I I'm not really a big parenting book fan. I say at the beginning, like that's the what the world needs is another freaking parenting book. So I don't actually know what's out in the parenting book world. I didn't do the whole. We need to go look and see what's out there and fill a niche. Uh, we just were basically like, here's what we think. Maybe people will buy it. Um, but we also like, we focus on, we want our kids to go out and protest. We want them to look at color differently in the world. We have all of these things that are about justice and about how they make the world a better place, as well as the things about how to be kind, you know, put away the shopping carts, you know, be courteous about who, you know, those kind of things. Uh, my, my kids love my, my favorite chapter is it's okay to fart and <laughs> I do, um, I, I try to put in, I think I have about 30 different words or phrases for farting. 
And so uh, we read that all the time in our house. It's quite funny, actually. I had a conversation with my daughter yesterday um, because if she, if I fart, I'll blame her. You know, that's a classic (laughs) dad move. Um, And we'll call her a fart monster. Uh, And like, we talk about farting probably more than I ever anticipated. Oh, well, it's going to be a great chapter for you because then you can just have a, a, a much more complex vocabulary of 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 farting. I well, mean it's it's well, it's brilliant actually. What, what made me feel horrible and guilty is my daughter said when we go next door and when we're playing with our friend on the street we don't say fart because that's a bad word in our house. <laughs> I was like so oh, I really? say treated when I'm with them. Yes. <laughs> wow. So Heine hiccup, you could use that. Oh my god. Um, I, uh that's that's probably safer. Um uh, yeah, hilarious. there's a lot of them. Uh, it's amazing how many phrases are out there for farting. Anyway, that's where we got to from your question on privilege. See, that's just the... <laughs> what a and that's kind of parenting, that right? That's, I, I think about this at the beginning that these are not in any order other than maybe the first two. But really, we thought about, do we want to put these in uh, categories like uh, being a good person, justice? But that's not how parenting works, right? You are doing one thing and... and one moment and then you walk in the other room and all of a sudden you got to deal with this and then over here you so we actually just kind of put them all in a hat and throw them out there (laughs) um so did you have particular parents in mind that would love or hate this book as you were writing it oh that's a good question thank you (laughs) um yeah probably uh I wasn't say that's one of the best questions I've been asked about this book, but this is the first interview, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, that's yes. So one of the things I was truly trying to not do was to just make this kind of an ironic book for hipsters to read. Like, oh, aren't we? But but in some ways, I wanted to push on that culture of that I think is. Around and I'm you know I'm in San Francisco. Um, we have uh, both young and old parents. It's just a very interesting place to parent. But I, I a lot of the parents that surround me, I think, fall into this trap that there is this programmatic thing you can do to get your kids to point from point A to point B. I think overall, that's that's the focus is this idea that there actually is a set of rules that you can have that will guarantee your child that will get from here to here. And that, that if you just follow those right, then that's going to happen. And there's a hundred percent possibility. I think overall, that's who I wanted to uh, get at. But, but I think particularly there are parents who take parenting almost too seriously. Like, you know, that, that it's about, it's everything is about, the child parent, and that's the center of their universe. Because I think that actually um, takes away from the experience that we as parents and children live in the world. Um, one of the chapters starts with, "I hate you need kids. You need to sit down. I need to tell you something. You're not the center of the universe." Right. And right. Maybe and those not are, the those are of mine all the time either. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's like those are you know it's not this book obviously isn't written just for kids, right? It's it's parenting and what we want to pass on. Because I think sometimes we parents, we start to believe that we're the only people that have ever done this in, our entire, in the entire history of humanity is raise this child. And it's an honor and a privilege and a joy, yes, 
but it's also a great adventure. And with great adventures, you're going to risk some things. You're going to try new stuff. You're going to mess up. You're going to have to lean on people. You're going to have to be teachable. I mean, all these things that will allow us to just be fuller, more complex, more beautiful people. And that's kind of folks that I, I get this vibe of like, God, just lighten up. <laughs> just like it, well, it, it'll be like the, the baby won't break. You know, for the most part, unless you do something really wrong, the baby's not going to break. Yep. You'll, you'll be okay. They are sturdy. Uh, <laughs> they are. They are amazingly so. Like they don't seem like they would be. Uh, my kid, my mother dropped me on. She tells the story all the time that she, when she was a young mom, she was eight, 19 when she had me, and she says, "Oh yeah, I put you on a rocking chair, walked away, and I'm like, you put me on a rocking chair, like when I was a baby." <laughs> That's not very smart, Mom. That it rocks. And she's like, "Yeah, you fell off." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah." So apparently, I was sturdy too. <laughs> well, and, and just to like go back to your like, this isn't the the be all end all. Like, it's not a philosophy of parenting. Like that, I think that's the nice thing about having 101 rules rather than five, right? Because nobody's yeah. going to memorize all of them and follow all of them all the time. It's well, uh, my dream is, though, that, you know, somebody on TV says, hey, rule number 35. <laughs> <laughs> Do I'm you just, even know what your 35 is right now? I, I, I don't. I will by the so, – so, so my, actually, I have – so rule rule 101 we use in our family a lot is kick him in the balls and run. Oh, and, oh my God. Please explain uh, that more. <laughs> no, I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. So um, well, my you have to buy the book. <laughs> you have to buy the book. That's right. So the, we so when we talk, we're raising three girls, and we've always talked about like you know, the, the joke has been it started out with how do you defend yourself if something ever happens, and you know what do you do, and da da da. But it's it's kind of got that's now our go to line is like oh I'm just so frustrated, and then somebody will say oh just kick him in the balls and run, <laughs> and so you know it, it is about it's kind of a mindset and an attitude. But um, it, it is kind of what we've – that's one of the rules in our household that we actually do say, uh, rule 101. Because it's, it's kind of our just get out of there. It's not a good space to be in. Just leave. Um, and so, you know, that, that's kind of where that, that one's going to go. But it also – it starts out with uh, make sure you're always safe. Uh, so I, I kind of do both, both, place, both things. That, that makes a ton of sense. So how, uh, and this is your chance to, to plug and to, you know, sell, but how can people learn more about the book? How can people get a copy? So um, you, so the best thing to do is to, um, uh, the, be, well, the best thing is just to get in touch with me, uh, connect with me on Twitter. Um, I'm at B. Reyes Chow. Um, the, the book is not out yet. It'll be out in about a month. And then we're going to do a thunderclap for this, which is a, an online uh, uh, kind of social media launch piece that we're going to do. Uh, there'll be both um, Kindle and paper versions uh, that folks can buy. I also have some other books. So if you go to Amazon and you just look up Reyes-Chow, you can follow me on Amazon and you'll know when the books are also um, added to, to to my list. I'm the only Reyes-Chow in the world, which <laughs> is good. good in, which is which is good and bad, right? So, um, not yeah, even your anyway. children. No. So here's an interesting thing. So my wife and I, when we got married 25 years ago, um, my wife's last name is Pugh, P-U-G-H, and she, uh, for for many many reasons, political, social, but also 
she lived with that name for so long, she was not giving it up. She had to deal with being, having the last name of Pew and the teasing that goes on. So our agreement was when we were going to have children that uh, because we had different last names, sh- if we had girls, they would get Robin's name. And if we mm-hmm. had boys, they get mine. And um, so the first girl came. And then we said, well, maybe we should just rotate. And I'm like, oh, that even makes it more confusing. Just let's keep it the same. And then we had three girls. So um, <laughs> the Reyes hyphen chow line dies with me. That's, Love, it. Uh, Love it. Yeah. I have you know very, zero uh, angst about that at all. But uh, the Reyes chow is my mom and my dad, my Filipino Chinese side. And I added the, the Filipino side when I went to college. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Anything else that we need to learn about... Uh, parenting or life from you before we end this interview and end this call this is this is your chance to just drop some wisdom on us to, to drop a lot of wisdom on you i you know I, I i will i just want to reiterate i mean i think that um the most important thing with our kids to, in raising and i think this is really just a just thinking about when we're frustrated about parenting is that parenting is different for every combination of child and parent and when i use say parent we do a whole thing on Anybody who has kids in their lives should consider themselves a kind of parent. So it's not just written for people who have children. It's written for folks who just have kids around them. Um, But important thing is to know that the way I parent my kids depends on my person knowing who I am and getting a sense of who my children are and adapting parenting so that we both grow and thrive in that not thinking that there is this kind of standard way you do things um, and that drives me nuts when folks say things like well if you just do this then your kid will i'm like well that's actually not true because maybe it's not comfortable for me maybe it doesn't work with my child's personality or mindset or whatever and so we have to find a way and challenge ourselves it's harder work to actually adapt and translate for what will work best in our particular setting. So I, 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 I challenge parents to keep that in mind. It, it is comforting to have some rules and some guideposts, but in the end, at the end of the day, those will all be nuanced by the particularities of the family. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege to talk to the only raised chow in the world. <laughs> And uh, we do thank you again for coming on to our show. Great. Thanks for having me. There you have it, folks. Uh, I just want to say congratulations to Bruce for taking his thoughts about parenting beyond passive-aggressive articles posted on Facebook. Like many of us do <laughs> like the rest of us <laughs> we do. have a podcast too <laughs> that's true actually we do have a podcast so i still my some i still sometimes post facebook articles that are like <clears throat> yeah. but i really try not to because that's passive aggressive yeah ass hat even don't be an asset. <laughs> uh, as always, we will include links to Bruce's websites and to any other resources mentioned here today in our show notes. Yeah. So let's do our picks for person, place, or thing. Okay. My place is summer camp. Oh, um, true. What? My heart. I just like heart swelling. I love summer camp. I, oh, I'm okay, so glad you're me. a camp person. Yes. I'm a camp person too. Yes. Um, that's probably why we get along. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> So uh, for me, summer camp growing up was mostly Ligonier Camp and Conference Center. Uh, I also went to summer's best two weeks, and then I worked at Joy Outdoor Education Center. 
Um, I think that a big part of who I am and how I do things, like I probably learned more at summer camp than I did in college and seminary mm-hmm. combined. Um, so big thumbs up to summer camp. It's February now, but like you got to plan ahead if, if, if you've never done it and you're not in at a place. So, so you do send your girls to summer camp? Uh, Sleepaway day? We, we do day camp okay. right now. Um, there's there's a lot of anxiety and things like that. I feel sure. like sleepaway camp would like break through it, but we're just going bit by bit, yeah. step by step. Yeah. I, I hope that they go to summer camp sometime. Yeah. would like sleep, sleepaway camp, but hasn't happened yet. But I still love it. Yeah. So No, that's great. I was uh, I did like day camps and, and, and then a ton of Girl Scout camps when I was growing up, but then I was a camp counselor during college, mm-hmm. which – secrets out being a camp counselor is like going to camp for adults yeah <laughs> it's awesome but like no rules you know? <laughs> it's amazing you get to stay I had, up really i late. had too many rules but that's yeah. okay <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm a huge camp fan okay. i like to think that i'll send my kids away okay so, so your place is summer camp my place is summer camp yeah. but you second it i do and then i have a person this week um it, her name is elizabeth mitchell and she is a singer songwriter um I feel like there's kind of a couple different camps when it comes to kids and music. Some people are like fiercely anti-kids music and just want to play them regular old music. I'm okay with that. I'm in yeah. the They Might Be Giants camp. I don't oh, know yeah. They have a kids that. album. They've got a couple. Yeah. And even their not kids album, they just work. Right. Um, well, she does. I mean, Elizabeth Mitchell specifically does write for kids. I mean, they are kids albums. Um, but I, I happen to really love folk songs and... and even some kids songs and that that's actually another thing that I love about camp is all the singing (laughs) but she has just she just has like really great albums that are not cheesy they're really beautiful to listen to you know you're not going to want to claw your eyes out if you're playing it in the background at your house um you know I mean Raffi you're great but (laughs) there's a limit so I like how you assume he's listening yeah (laughs) Number one fan of Just a Baby. What's like, like the top number one hit from Elizabeth Mitchell in your household? Uh, right now it's this, uh, the Alphabet song, but set set to like a dubstep. <laughs> it's called Alphabet Dub. <laughs> so that's not my favorite, but it's definitely okay, Vince's favorite. favorite. Um, so I she has this album called Little Seed that's all Woody Guthrie covers. Oh. I pretty much love everything on there, but in particular one song called Little Seed. It's the title track, and it's just beautiful. So okay. love her. We'll link to both of these. Well, we won't link to summer camps. Maybe American Drew's. Camping <laughs> Association. Wikipedia page for summer camps. That's what we'll link to. Yeah, no, we can link, link yeah. to Ligonier and to Joy. Okay, um, cool. Ligonier is the best like religious camp, and Joy is non-sectarian and... Uh, a beautiful special place plus its name is joy who doesn't want to go there so all right well we'll do that so uh that's it for today uh as always we encourage you to email us at just a phase podcast at gmail.com with feedback love anger and ideas for doll salon <laughs> names. Yes, please. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. Um, we're there at Just a Phase Podcast. Um, leave us reviews. So thank you, actually, to all of those. All Oh, my gosh. Thank you to those of you who left a review um, after we begged you to last week. Uh, we works. noticed it. It worked. It was awesome. Um, and our web, website's another place to check us out, justafazepodcast.tumblr.com. 
And now for my favorite part of the show. <laughs> Just a Phase podcast is produced by Whitney Crispell, and our theme music is Urbana Metronica Woo Yeah Mix by Spinning Merkaba and used under a Creative Commons license. Excellent job, Drew. Good job. Thank you, Spinning Merkaba. <laughs> okay, bye.